Welcome back to the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. This is Stephanie, your host. And if you are new here, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. And so in this podcast, we rotate between five main topics, faith, finances, health, marriage, and mindset. And I believe that the small, seemingly insignificant things will compound over time. And so by taking extreme ownership of wherever we're at in life and then making small, consistent changes can drive positive generational change. And y'all, the way that I see it is that we have two choices. We either roll up our sleeves, link arms with one another and face the hard stuff now, or our children are going to be forced to handle it later. And to be clear, like our children are going to have their own work to do. Every single one of them. We are not perfect because some wounds are just too deep (laughs) to completely turn around in one generation. And that's okay because there's grace for that. And that is why the goal is to work on becoming just 1% better every single day. And y'all, if you love this content and you keep coming back every single week, could you do me a huge favor? Scroll down a little bit and rate this podcast. And if you really want to help a girl out, a podcast review is my love language in this business. Okay, so you guys are in for an absolute treat for this episode. So you know all the things, all the things that have to get done every single day, like the cleaning, cooking, laundry, homework, appointments, you know, not to mention those of us who work inside of our home, those of us who work outside of our home, those of us who our home is our work, right? And then all of that is constantly in our face. And all of that seems incredibly urgent. And we can feel busy all day long without much to show for it at the end of the day, right? But then we also kind of feel guilt because we haven't made as much time for our kids or whatever our priorities actually are. Like we've all been there. But my guest today, y'all, is a productivity expert. She is a mom, a business owner, and she basically is going to tell us how to streamline all of the mundane things so that we can have more mental energy and time to spend in the areas that mean more to us than keeping up with all the laundry. So please welcome the amazingly beautiful and talented CEO of A Purpose Driven Mom, Kara Harvey. All right. Welcome, Kara, to the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. Thank you so much for being on. I'm really excited to chat today. So thank you for having me come hang out with you. Of course. Okay. So um, as we get started, can you just introduce um, to my listeners who you are, what you do, just a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is Kara Harvey. I am the founder over at A Purpose Driven Mom, where I help overwhelm moms and mompreneurs create systems and routines in their home so that they can be less stressed out and actually take control of their time so they can go after their goals. I didn't always start there though. Um, I was a school teacher for eight years and I absolutely loved it until I was so burned out that I had just lost myself along the way. Uh, I'm sure a lot of moms know that feeling where you get into a role and you forget who you are. That happens a lot in motherhood, right? And it was happening in my career. And it was really hard for me to have something I love doing so much not feel fulfilling anymore. Uh, I'd wanted to be a teacher since I was seven. And so all of a sudden to have something that I was like, I'm crying on the way into work. Like, what is this? Um, I'm not seeing my family. Like, this does not feel aligned. It was a shock to my system. And so I kept thinking and praying and saying like, well, what could I do? And I was dabbling in network marketing at the time. And I said to my husband, like, if I can make enough money to cover like what we need for bills, I think I'm going to leave teaching. 
And he was like, all right, <laughs> go ahead. If that's what you want. Right, whatever. And he was like, this is the numbers. We got to pay our bills, right? Like we, you know, I'm a big dreamer too, but um, I'm also pretty uh, data driven. So I was like, all right, here it goes. And I hate the word hustle, but I did it. And so I worked my network marketing business that year while teaching. Uh, I mean, the overwhelm was there, but there was such a strong why that it didn't feel as challenging as it seems looking back on it. And after that year, I left um, the classroom and became like full-time in network marketing. And I was pretty successful, built a six-figure business, 250 people on a team. Like it was legit, but something felt missing. Um, And around this time is when I had my daughter. So I have a 13-year-old, that's my stepson. I have an almost five-year-old and currently and a three-year-old. But at the time before my daughter was born, I just felt this tug, like, can you do something different? Like I felt God saying to me, like, I feel like you have so many gifts in so many areas. And while what you're doing is great, you know, helping moms and you know, I was doing a health and fitness business. I saw these gaps. I saw moms who wanted to take charge of their health, but like couldn't find the time to do it. And I knew that I could help them. And so I started to slowly transition and, and dip my toes into helping people with scheduling and budgeting and all these things that I really enjoy talking about. And I found that I was feeling more fulfilled in that arena. And I was like, oh no, here we go again. Okay. <laughs> like, what, what are we really going to settle on? And so it was about two years later um, when my son was, goodness, I don't know, two days old and I was home nursing him over a bobby pillow and I built a purpose-driven mom on WordPress and said, all right, I guess we're doing this. And that was three years ago. And now it's really streamlined into a place where I help moms figure out systems and routines in their day-to-day, whether they're staying at home, working at home, working out of the home, so that they can spend some time on the goals that matter to them, uh, not the goals that the world kind of throws in our face and tells us we have to have. I love that. And I don't know, did we know that we pretty much have the same story? Can <laughs> same I tell you different? how many of us there are out there? Like, it's yeah, so Oh my gosh. People are like, that sounds like my story. I'm like, that is my story. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I taught for seven years. Um, but yeah, I felt the same. Like I was like, knew I wanted to be a teacher. I did not want to be a stay-at-home mom. I, you know, um, whatever. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait a second, this isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. Um, I did love teaching. I loved the relationships. I loved, I loved a lot of the life skills and that kind of stuff that I was teaching, but that's pretty much where it stopped. <laughs> and I loved, you know, my kids anyways. And then once I started having babies, I was like, wait, I think I kind of want to stay home. Hold on a second. <laughs> so that's like where the whole pivot started for me too, of like, okay, what is possible here? And I mean, what a what a time to be alive in 2020 where you can literally be nursing your baby and sitting on the couch and pop up a website and you're like good to go. You, you know, know? I, th- I think about that a lot because it is it is sad out there of how many businesses right now are going under and and how many people are struggling. And um and we've been there, too. We've in this seven years I've been married. You know, we've had my husband's been unemployed twice. We were on food stamps, like sitting at the food bank, almost lost our house. Like we've been there in the struggle. And I think about now in this digital age, in a year where people literally are like, what do you do? Like they didn't understand it for so long when I'm like, I teach people, but like I do it online from my house. Nobody got it. And all of a sudden 2020 is here and everybody knows what Zoom is and everybody understands how digital courses work and programs mm-hmm. and, and podcasts are getting bigger now. now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, this feels like this awesome opportunity, especially for moms, because we get to do it on our own time. And and yes, there are times and seasons where work is heavier and momming takes a little bit of a like a backseat and that doesn't feel good. Um, but 
I think that when you can create like great systems and stuff around it, I just think this entrepreneurship and digital space is so incredible for moms because you could literally teach anything to anyone if you are an expert. And like, honestly, an expert, like you're just a few steps ahead. So you don't have to know it all. But there is something out there that I feel like every mom has that they have a spark in them. Like, I like to do this and I can do this better than someone who doesn't know how to and I can teach it. And like, for real, I I just bought a course on how to clean my house. Like, I don't even know how to do that well enough that I, I'm actually like watching someone like, oh, you spray on the rag and not on the thing. Like, I don't even know these things. Like, I was not, not properly prepared. Oh, yeah. I got all of, uh, I don't know if you're talking about Kendra or not. I, but I got all of her. Yeah. yeah they're like a boss. She was on a couple episodes ago. Yes. Yeah. Go check her out. She's exactly. getting our house clean. There's, there's something for you, no matter if you feel like I could never help someone do something. Like, I feel like as moms, one, we are amazing. So we have a million skills just in motherhood. But whether it's a motherhood skill or a life skill or something you know how to do, like, it's the opportunities are there. Where I, what I come across, there's a lot of moms who then struggle with, but I don't have the time to do XYZ. So I wanted to let you know, like, if it's something you want to do, it's totally possible, um, no matter what your situation. Oh, absolutely. And, um, and you know, you're like, you're like, you just said that there is always like a time issue and it's, and even less, less than more than, I don't even know, less than a time issue is that it's a energy issue. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I might have the time, but like, I don't have the freaking energy. Like when my kids are napping, that's not the time that I want to be you know, working or whatever. I just want to freaking sit and veg. And so a lot of our conversation today is going to just be surrounded um, around how to, I mean, I know we're going to talk about practical things um, and we'll get into that in just a second, but it's really like how to protect your energy with all of this like crap that's in our face all the time, the food and the laundry and the, you know, whatever else. And so how do we um, make these things streamlined? How do we make them really effective so they're not sucking all of our energy so that when our kid wants to like do a puzzle with us or my kid who wants to play ticket to ride with me all the time, I'm like, oh God, <laughs> that's going to take an hour of my energy, you know? Um, and so anyway, so can you just kind of dive into um, time blocking and batching and kind of, A, what, what is it, um, how you define it? And then also just how, like, what are the most effective ways you use it? What do you, like, is it food? Is it cleaning? Is it kind of everything? Can you just, yeah. like, Tell us all the things. <laughs> I want to say first, we also are a ticket to ride house over here. So when you said that, I was like, soul sister, there it is. We, yes. I know, I know it's not as fun playing with your kids, but me and my husband, like we jam out on ticket to ride. Like that's our favorite game. So, um, yes. and our, our eight year old like loves it now. And so he's like, can I learn how to play? So he just learned how to play. So now it's like, we want to play. We want to play. We're like, dang, we just, we love to play with him. We love it. But at the same time, we're like, it's also fun to just have like a, you know, time where they're just hanging. <laughs> yeah. We also love Monopoly Deal. If you guys don't play that, that's amazing. But. Oh, no, we'll have to get on that one. Yeah, we're a big oh, house. Um, okay. It's like the high of Monopoly without the like four Hour. hours. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay, go for it. Yeah, no problem. So I um want to start with saying that one of the things that I talk the most about is what's called priority-based productivity. Because you're right, this energy piece is key. When your brain as a mom, like we're in a million places. And I'm sure you've heard this like analogy that like a woman's brain is like um, having 20 Chrome tabs up uh, at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like that is what it feels like in motherhood sometimes. Um, and 
when we're pulled in too many pieces, we can't do anything really well because we're scattered. And so I like for you to think about what is most important to you in this current season. And so I have kind of like a process. I'd love to like walk us through when it comes to one, like identifying what we're going to work on and then two, using time blocking to find time for it. Okay. So the first thing I want you to think about is what has happened in the past few months, right? And ask yourself, what would I like more time for? Or what were some things I did really well? What were some areas I struggled? And where could I use some more help? Because I think when you start with reflection, which is something that we do not do, right? Maybe, uh, I don't know, at the end of the year, you journal a little, you make your vision board, and that's it. I think that having a reflection process, um, I do one every month, but you could do it every week or every quarter. It allows you to stop, pause, and not just go to like what I'm not doing or how overwhelmed I am or what I'm you know struggling with, but it allows you to anchor into what actually is important for your season because your season may be different from my season. If you're a mom of a newborn, the goals and the way you structure your time will look different from someone who has teenagers. And so we have to accept that in a seasonal based productivity, you get to choose what's important now. It's not saying I'm not going to work on this goal ever. It's saying this doesn't make sense right now for me. So I'm going to pick what fits for my season instead of trying to cram in what I see this person doing on Instagram or what society says I should have a, you know, a goal and run half a marathon or whatever we think. Instead of trying to cram things in that don't make sense for you and then leave you feeling like the worst person ever because you, again, had another year where you didn't hit your goals and you don't feel productive, I want to encourage moms listening to ask yourself, what went well? Where was I struggling? And then future cast a little the next couple months ahead and say, what's going on? What's happening? What are some things, even you know, events, holidays, birthdays, uh, baby showers, Or if you have things in business that you're launching, like where are your busy seasons? Because when you go and you look behind and you see where you've been and then you look ahead and you say, okay, this is what this quarter holds for me, then you can create routines in your home that allow you to make time for the goals that you have. So if it's a season where maybe you have some more free time, you might have a goal to do like a long run on Saturdays. Well, that will fit into a schedule better when it's a season when you've got a million other things going on and you know a long run's going to take an hour and you just can't crack that that time. And so looking back and then looking forward is going to be kind of your first steps in just not the day to day but in the next few weeks. And I always like to talk about this quarterly process. Um, there's a book it's called The 12 Week Year by Brian Moran and he talks about this and is essentially using mini years instead of saying I'm going to do all this by the end of the year. It creates what I like to call like a self-imposed urgency. You know when you're working you've got all these deadlines and you have other people to answer to but in motherhood and in business and in your own personal goals you're in charge and so if you don't create any sort of deadlines at all for yourself you're going to find yourself year after year after year with those same really great resolutions in January, but then feeling like it's the end of the year. And again, nothing has gotten accomplished. So before we jumped into the time blocking, I just wanted to start with that little exercise for people to really think about because it'll get your mind in a good place. Instead of trying to shove everything into your schedule, you're going to be particular and discerning about what makes sense for you. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And my dog just barked. Sorry. Um, yes. And the other thing um, I wanted to say, I just, you were saying that you're, you're going to set yourself up for failure, basically, if you're a newborn trying to, or if you have a newborn trying to, you know, conquer the world. 
And I loved, I don't know if you saw, um, as we were talking earlier about Kendra Hennessy, Mother Like a Boss, she just did a story about this. Um, which she does a lot of mindset stuff. And she was talking about how failure is like not even a freaking thing. Like it's not even a thing. And the problem that we that we come into is that we have just defined success in a way that sets us up for failure. Instead of knowing the season that we're in, knowing the energy that we're going to have, knowing, do you know what I mean? And we're not making like realistic goals for ourselves because we see, again, this either, and it doesn't matter if you're in business or, or a mom or whatever, like you see other people doing things and you want to do those things. And so you put this impossible standard and it really has nothing to do with you're failing because you, I guarantee every single person that's listening to this, um, including you and I, Kara, like you're doing amazing. Do you know what I mean? It's just that we are setting ourselves up for failure based on what we define success as. So I felt like that was really powerful and kind of went along with what you're saying. Yeah. And I, I like to call it the Monday mentality. Um, it is when you put so much on your plate that you're not like going to be successful and then you're going to feel terrible. And so an example would be like if you were going to go on a diet, right? Like we've all done this um, where you're like, I'm, you know, never going to look at um, a carb again. I'm going to go to the gym for like four hours a day and chocolate's the enemy. And on Monday, you're great. And then on Tuesday, you're like, "Eh, I'm going to eat this pizza. And then you say to yourself, I'm going to start again on Monday. And we do this with everything. If you make um, a routine, and we'll talk about this when we jump into making your time blocks, and you're saying, okay, I know I want to get up at 5 a.m. So right now I wake up at 7, which I wait. My kids wake up at 5.30. So if I get to sleep past 530. I'm like, this is an amazing day. But there are apparently people whose kids don't do this. So say your kids don't do this. And you get to get up at like seven, but you know that that morning time is key. Instead of saying to yourself, great, I'm going to start at 5am. You do it Monday. And then by Tuesday, you're so tired because your body hasn't adjusted that you don't do it. And then you quit. And then you say, I'm going to do it again. It's like when you make too many goals. There's such a thing, right? Like you can have too many goals at the same time if you don't do them strategically. I teach a system called parallel goals where you do them um, kind of like wave them out and scaffold them out so that you're strategically working on them to not overwhelm yourself. And it's why most people don't make it past February with their resolutions. It's because they're like, I'm doing this goal and this goal and this and now this. And it's the same for your routines. Now I got to fix my morning and my evening and my midday and my homeschool routine when it's like, girl, just chill for a second make a strategic plan. And again, people feel like they have to jump in. I don't know if you, have you read Atomic Habits by James Clear? Uh, like 180,000 times. Right? I, I loved it. I was like, this is the best book. I need to read it again. So yeah. you know, Infinity talks about the concept of like the goal chasing and how you make the goal and you don't enjoy the process along the way. And you just kind of jump from goal to goal to goal and how we're just rushing. And the reason we rush through is that we feel like we're in the society of achievement, right? And we feel like we have to prove ourselves and do all these things or we're not succeeding. You still, you see it during quarantine, right? Like if you're not like writing your book or doing all these things, you're wasting your time. I mean, you know, I think that when you stop just thinking, I got to go from goal to goal to goal, and you start saying, this goal makes sense for this season, we'll work on this routine in this season, you're not putting your dreams off. I'm not telling you don't make goals. I'm not telling you don't dream big. I'm telling you be strategic about it so that it makes sense for you and your season and you'll get to it. 
um, when it's the appropriate time. And I use this a lot in time blocking. People will talk to me a lot about mom guilt. And the way um, when we get into it, I'll, I'll t show you when you make themed blocks, it allows you to breathe a little bit and say, maybe right now isn't like it's work time and not play time with my kids, but I've got a two hour block later for my kids. And just knowing that plan, knowing that it's going to be happening soon, takes the pressure off feeling like you have to do it right now. And it, I feel like it takes the pressure off of um, like, well, I guess you just said this, the, the guilt. It's like when you're working and you don't have that planned out, then you feel guilty that you're not playing with your kids. And then when you're playing with your kids, you feel guilty because you're not working. And it's this crazy cycle that we get on. I think everyone does. But um, I think that with time blocking and with just planning out your day, I used to be crazy for like a month. I got crazy, 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 um, like planned my day out in 15 minute increments, like Wow. Not so. Um, but I just like needed some serious like stuff to get done. And so, I mean, every 15 minutes of my day from 8 a.m. until, you know, whatever was planned. And it was just a season. Like I said, it was just, I mean, it might have been three weeks, but I was so laser focused because I knew I had one on one time with all four of my kids planned. I knew that I had my quiet time planned. I knew I had dinner stuff. You know what I mean? Like I knew. And so I could be 100% focused with whatever the heck I was doing. Now, 15 minutes, every 15 minutes, that's a little psycho. So that's like, <laughs> I don't recommend that. But the point being is that if you have it planned and you know that your values are being taken care of during the day, then you can actually enjoy the process and not just live in this like pool of guilt. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's this mix of intentionality and grace. And that's why I like time blocking because it gives you flexibility and structure. And so I was a very similar hourly planner. Um, not a 15 minute or though I've had blocks where I do that, but I went from, so when I was a teacher, I taught special education. And so I did push in support. Me too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I maybe we have talked about this because like, I feel like I need I think so. Um, but I did push in support, pull in support, uh, autistic support. I had taught my own classes, resource room, IEPs, meetings. I was ninth grade chair. Like I had to be places. I had a million deadlines. So in that career, I needed something that was shorter term, right? Like 30 minutes, one hour, period by period. And so when I moved from teaching into network marketing full-time, I tried to do the exact same thing. And it worked for a bit, but I felt like I was back in hustle. I felt like I was failing if I didn't do what I said I was supposed to do at 9.05 or 12.15 or you know 1.13. I was like, oh, I'm supposed to post this right now. And it, it got me into hustle mode. At this point, my stepson, he was probably like, I think I want to say six or seven, right? But he was in school. So again, I had like the, the full time there. And then fast forward a couple of years later, I, I started to lean back and say, this is nice, but I'm burning out. And I don't want to be back in the same cycle I was when I was teaching. So how can I fix this? And that's when I kind of um, developed this time blocking structure that works the best for me. And this is when I had my daughter. And when you have kids, you learn they're unpredictable and they don't keep on a schedule. Silly me thinking like, come on guys, like little baby, it's time to do this. Now, listen, I'm a stickler for like nap time schedules and bedtime schedules and all those, but I was trying to do the exact same thing. And you learn very fast that like your kids don't operate that way. And I was getting frustrated with them. And uh, I was like, this is the time we do this. And this is my time to do that. And I stopped and said, this is not how I want a mom. Like, this is not going to make sense for any of us. And that's when I was like, what can I do? Because I can't just say this gets done at some point during the day, right? Like we, if we do that, 
that's like when you make a goal. Yeah, nothing will be done. You're like, well, I'm going to go clean out the garage by the end of the week. And then it's Sunday at 9 p.m. And you're like, yeah, it didn't happen, right? And But that's what we do. So instead, I thought, let me let me time block my days to create structure of a little bit of a deadline for myself and or the and flexibility for when my kid spits up on me or the dog throws up on the floor or like whatever the situation is, right? And so, the worst, yeah. <laughs> right. And they always happen on the same day. You're like, why can't we like scaffold these out every day? But nope, everyone everyone does it at the same time. Um so this is what I'm gonna recommend if you're like, okay, Kara, like I need something like this because I'm I'm either your people are either in one of two camps, moms, I find. Kind of type A, like I am but you're like too rigid around your structure. And you're like, I've got to have this, 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 this. And there's not that much room. And everything's like back to back. And if something doesn't happen, then you just wind up ending the day feeling like such a failure because you didn't do every little thing. And you're like overbooking your to-do list and your schedule. Or you fall in the other camp where you're like, I don't want to be tied to a schedule at all. Um, I want to like just go with the flow. But then the not only maybe things are getting done, your house is getting clean, like those normal tasks, but where are your goals? Like, are those planned out? And so time blocking allows you to meet in the middle, right? Like not type A or type B, like type, I don't know, in the middle. <laughs> I was trying to think of something. Just type in the middle, right? So here's what you start with. Look at your day and you're first going to map out some chunks. I recommend blocks um, be minimum two hours, maximum like five. Um, those seems to be good times. Could there be days where some are shorter and some are longer? Sure thing. Um, and a couple other things, because people will always say, but, but, but listen, if you want to have different time blocks for every day of the week, you can. People will say like my partner, they travel for work. So some of the days are different. Cool. Make a different block. Can you have different blocks on the weekends and the weekdays? Sure. Like this is super flexible. Can it be different week for week? Sure. Okay. But here's the process. Look at your day, and I want you to anchor around different events in your day. Now, um, everything's very different right now, homeschool, virtual school, in school, out of school. So it's a little bit harder to anchor, but that's why we need it even more. If you're like, we don't have any actual events, like kids' sports are done, no school, whatever, anchor around your meals. Everybody's eating, right? So just anchor around your meals and create blocks around them. So here are some examples of blocks that I have. So I have my morning block, which goes from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. Okay, from when we get up in the morning, typically most days when we try hard, to 9 a.m., my two littles, they're in preschool and their school's open. So they're going to school at 9 o'clock. Even if they weren't, I would probably stop at 9 a.m. anyway and move to the next block. Um, I then kind of take the rest of the day. So I, my oldest, he is virtual schooling, but he's in eighth grade, so he's super independent. Um, So I feel very fortunate right now with my littles. They're at school from 9 to 3.30. So then I block out, but then you can make a block from breakfast to lunch, right? That's like a good block of time. Mine's 9 to 12. Then you can make one from like lunch to nap. So when my kids last year were home, I was just anchoring around nap times. So then I had a block from like 12 to 3. That was another block. Um, And then I make a block that's like my afternoon block. Basically when I pick them up, to when they go to bed, but you can even make that smaller because that's a pretty chunky block. So maybe you say, okay, my kid gets up from nap at three, they go to bed at seven, three to seven is my next block. And then I'm going to make a block at the end of the day from when my kids go to bed to when I go to bed. So like three to 10 or three to 11. So essentially look at your time and start with the foundation. What do you want your blocks to look like on a typical and general day? All right. That's the very first step is just looking at them because that is giving you that little bit of urgency in your day. Not saying I'm going to do it by the end of the day, but just saying it's going to get done during the block. 
when you have that, when you're like, okay, cool, I know my actual times, my next recommendation is to theme your blocks. This is helping you focus in so that you can batch things. Um, and by batching, I mean doing like tasks at the same time. So I used to do like laundry every day. And then I transitioned to like all my laundry gets done one day a week. It's so much like easier to do. It's like when you meal prep, right? You don't want to be sitting and chopping vegetables every day. Like you just do it on Sundays for the whole week and it saves you time because our brains don't have to toggle back and forth. And, um, and the laundry thing, it worked for me until I'm potty training right now. And now I'm doing like a million loads of laundry. So um, it doesn't always work perfectly. But when you can batch, you know, it works. So I recommend you, you make your blocks out and then you're going to theme them. So for example, if you had a block that was from like 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. because your kids got up at 7. So that's what I would do if my kids didn't get up so early. I would make a me block first. But because they get up so early, it, I call it a mixed block. So mixed blocks are anywhere where there's multiple roles and multiple tasks I'm doing. So let's look at this example of a kid who sleeps in. So from 5 to 7 a.m., you could call that like that's your me time. That's your me block. And then maybe from 7 to 10, that's like mommy block or um, kid block or whatever you want to call it. As you where you're know, focusing on just being a mom. Yeah, where you're focusing on being a mom. But I want you to get even more specific with some of these. So I have a couple blocks on Saturdays that are just mommy blocks because I don't work, right? And my kids are home. So I've got a couple mommy blocks, but I call one of them like mommy home block. So I'm not only just like being mom and playing with my kids, but that's also when I get my cleaning done, right? That's also when I'm doing... Um, and I have one that's called mommy admin. So yes, I'm playing with my kids, but that's also when I'm doing things like, let me make a couple phone calls, pay these bills, do all those things. Because if we don't schedule it out, it doesn't happen. So um, I try as best as I can to have minimal mixed blocks and more single focused. You know, mommy and home, they overlap a lot like with what I have to do um, for that. Because also like, would it be great to have like four straight hours like to play with my kids all? Yeah, that would be awesome. And it happens some days. But also, I can only stare at them, like, <laughs> playing blocks or play so many games. I was going to say, four so hours long? of straight playing with my kids? Exactly. I don't know. Good exactly. job if you can do that. <laughs> right. so in your mom blocks, give yourself, like, a secondary tier. Like, cool, I'm going to intentionally play with my kids or we'll go for a walk or to the park or um, play a game during this block. But I'm also going to do something that falls under my mom umbrella, which could be making your meal plan for the next week which could be uh, doing your house cleaning, okay? This way, you know that this is when it's going to get done. So it's like main block and then secondary block theme. Um, and then as you go through your day, you know, you might have one that's a work block if you do work when your kids are napping or whatever. And then at night, you could have like that goes back to being like time with your partner or time for yourself, whatever it is. By theming the blocks, you're it's like the first layer in creating a plan that you can stick to so that Instead of just saying, I know I need to call the doctor, I know I need to call my grandma, I know that I have to go to the post office and run this errand, you can make an errand block. And what's really great about theming your blocks is you can theme them throughout the week. So I have the same blocks essentially Monday through Friday, but in the afternoons from when I pick my kids up to when they go to bed, it's mommy block, but on Tuesdays is mommy errand block. So that means I also make any doctor's appointments then. Um, and I just do them on Tuesdays. So I'm not, we're, so we're not going to the doctor six times a week or stopping at target because I forgot something three times a week. So you could even say in there like, Hey, this is mommy block where I run my errands twice a week. And where this is great is if, for example, you realize like my husband yesterday was like, Hey, we're out of like cauliflower rice. I needed it for like a recipe. Could you go to the store now? Old Kara, no boundaries. Kara would be like, sure. I'll go today. Sure. I'll go today. But instead 
I'm like, great. I have time built into my schedule to go run errands tomorrow. So I'll stop then and grab it. It's not saying I'm not going to do it. It's not saying I'm not going to help out. It's saying I've already created my schedule. We think we have to stop, drop, and do right away. If someone asks us for something, whether it's our kids, our partner, our work, our clients, whatever it is, create those boundaries first with yourself. Again, I know that it's hard to not want to stop and do something, especially I think about work. When stuff comes up, I'm like, let me check that email. Okay, I'll get to you right away. No, like create boundaries because we will teach people how to treat us, right? But also know that it doesn't have to get done today. I don't ever put anything on my to-do list today. Like I always do my list. Um, I do a Sunday planning process. And then the night before I do the same kind of nightly planning. And if it's not on my list for today and it's a demand, unless it's like super, super emergency, right? we can get done tomorrow. But we think we have to drop. So when you kind of themed your week out this way, before you've even dropped anything into it, like we haven't even talked about like putting the things in it. If you have that plan, it again, gets rid of the guilt of knowing, hey, this is mommy's work block. But guess what? We have two hours later and we're going to go to the park and ride bikes, right? Like, you know that you can anticipate that and say, I'm not ignoring my responsibilities. I'm putting them in a place that makes the most sense for me and my season so that I can do all the things on my plate and go after my own goals because that's important too. Absolutely. And I feel like um, not only does it hit the guilt on the head, it also helps with uh, decision fatigue, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, it's it's easy for you to just put that where it goes. Like if I'm in my, what I just wrote it down. What the heck did you just say? Like mommy Aaron time or whatever, uh, or just mommy time, right? And you're like, oh shoot, the kids have to, you know, go to the, have a, get their dentist appointment scheduled or whatever. Like you're not stressing about that right now. You're like, it's not the right time for that right now. Do you know what I mean? And so that is just, I feel like it's just helps us, um, you know, navigate through the decisions that we have to make and we can just put them off and we know they're going to get taken care of. And so, and the other thing I wanted to say, and I have to read this, I need to, I've talked about this twice now and I need to go look at the source so that I can actually cite it. But I was learning at some point, I don't know if it was like whole brain child or some like parenting book was talking about, I was just talking about this um, with a friend of mine who is a working mom. She is in healthcare and she has um, three kids, three small kids. And she was just like, I feel so guilty because I work all day. I'm exhausted at night. Like I feel like they don't get my attention. And just so for just for some encouragement, if that is you, regardless whether you're working out of the home or in the home, um, there was something that had said, like, you know, your kids really don't need four hours straight with you. They really, I think it's like, I, I want to say it's like 30 minutes a week, not with you, but like focused one-on-one time. Like, and she even in the book, it literally even said like, set out a blanket to where it like looks like there's a physical boundary and you're sitting on the blanket and tell your kid like, hey, go grab the toys you want to play with mom with. And if you just sat there for 30 minutes once a week, like their cup would be filled. Obviously, like you can't ignore your kid the rest of the week, but just that intentionality, it does not take 14 hours of time with your kid to make them feel seen, heard, loved by their mama. Like it really is just being intentional about it. So I just love that you do this and brought all this up. So, um, so with this, so then yeah. So how do you like plug in specific things? Because obviously it's not just like, well, kind of errands today. Like I'm sure that you go through what what appointments and have it all scheduled out. So do you have like a Sunday routine? I think that's what you're kind of yep. going towards. Yep. I have an entire kind of like formula that I teach that allows you to put in your goals kind of first. So, I mean, there's two things that Uh, I'm going to recommend you do. So let's start first with just like the basic Sunday. And then I want to talk about like, how do you figure out what to do otherwise in your time blocks? 
So the first thing I recommend is if you're looking at your um, your planner. So I actually use Trello to break my goals down. And then I use a paper planner to plan each week. I just like really love writing it down. But Trello is where I break everything down. So if you've not gone through and sat and thought about your goals for the next um, month or so, break them down first when you're in the mood to do it, because then it makes this piece streamlined and you can do it very fast. First thing you do is you put in all the things you can't miss. You've got appointments, your kids have things to do. You've got the dentist or the school thing or the work appointment. Put those in first. Most people do this, right? But the next thing most people do is they look and say, okay, great. What are the errands I have to run? What do I have to go buy? What do I have to do for others? And I'm going to flip it a little bit. And I want to encourage you to put three things in first for you before you drop any of those things. Okay. So the first thing I want you to put in is 15 minutes a day for any goal that you have. This literally could be like, I want to work out X amount of times a day. I want to declutter my office and you break it down into small chunks. When are you going to do it? You pre-assign that goal time. It's just 15 minutes minimum. And I love this power of the 15 minutes. And I talk about it a lot because 15 minutes is so easy to convince yourself to do something when you don't want to do it. But it's also so easy to like scroll TikTok and then you're done, right? Like, I mean, I, I like TikTok. So I'll, or Instagram or whatever you're doing, like that time goes so fast. And if you're like, okay, I just have to do this and show up for 15 minutes, that's it. And that 15 minutes, it builds that confidence muscle for moms who haven't put any time in for themselves to be like, okay, I'm not, I'm not requiring you to spend like nine hours working on something, but I'm saying, can you put that in? Once you've done that, I want you to pick a focused routine for the week. And I'm going to talk a little bit when I'm done about like how I determine how to create routines within your time blocks, but pick a routine. Is it your morning routine or your homework routine, your evening routine? Which one are you working on? That is like your focus, not saying you're not doing anything else during those blocks, but where's your focus? And then put in 15 minutes for learning. And moms are like, what are you talking about learning? Now, this could be a few things. It could be like mindset. Um, learning how to clean your house. Learning how to clean your house. <laughs> People like forget about skills. They're like, I didn't think that's what you meant when you talked about learning. I'm like, do I listen to podcasts and work on my mindset and read books? And sure. But I also like learn skills. Like women in my membership, like they're learning how to knit and how to scrapbook and like how to speak different languages. Like reading, you know, reading books, like learning, all of that is so key, but we forget it. Like we really forget that we need that stimulation too. And so once you put that in for your full week, you've identified your time blocks, you place where you want those things. And you look at the rest of the week and that excuse of, I don't have the time to do this for me is gone because you realize I didn't, you didn't fill in a ton of time. Like there's still all of your day left. But when we do it the other way around and we fill everything else in first, then when it's time to put things in for you, you're like, I don't have the time to do it. So flip it on its head. Do the me first planning. Then you can fill in all the other things. Okay, so that's recommended for like first starting to plan with your week. But let's talk a little bit about like breaking a time block down because I have a system and a formula for that too. I don't want you to work on all of your time blocks at one time. Um, people will say like, but I want to work on this routine and this routine, pick one. And then you can do kind of a parallel system, um, with, um, what I call habit stacking, uh, in where you're doing multiple, but let's pick one. Okay. So say I'm like, I really want to work on my morning routine. The first thing I want you to do is go through and write down what would an ideal time block look like for you? Pick your time block, go with it. We'll do a morning example. So for example, if I could have like my ideal five to 9am, I would have time to like do my Bible study and my prayer routine. Um, I would work out and have a shower. Uh, we'd clean up the kitchen because right now 
Well, actually, I'm doing, I'm actually currently working on this time block. So it's getting so much better. But a few weeks ago, we weren't doing this and we were leaving for school. And then I would come home, come to my home office, pick up the kids at 3 30, and like breakfast would still be on the table. Like it wasn't getting picked up because I was coming here like I was going to work. And I thought, no, I want to leave the kitchen feeling good. So having a kitchen cleanup and then like my kids ready for school and then have my kids do some of their morning chores. So instead of leaving the place a mess like we were, it was good. So I think, what's your ideal morning routine? Um, and at the same time, like I said, I do this in Trello, but you can do it on paper. I not only write my ideal morning routine or what would happen ideally in that time block in parentheses, put what your kids are doing. We often don't think about that. Like, okay, what are my kids going to do while I'm doing Bible study or prayer? If they are awake, well, they're going to have breakfast and play. That's like what I write down while I'm working out and taking my shower. My kids are watching TV. Like that's just the routine that we have. Um, while I'm doing a kitchen cleanup. What are my kids doing? Well, they're getting ready and they're doing their morning chores and then they're doing their morning chores. When you pre-identify what your kids are going to be doing at the same time, it'll help like streamline the routine. So you start with what's your ideal? What's your, what's your vision? Where do you want to go? And then I want you to back up and get a baseline. So go into your block and I want you to do a time inventory and you don't have to do it for the whole week. You don't have to do it. I, two days is fine. And just this is, I don't love a minute by minute schedule, but this is where I want you to be super tiny scheduled and say like, I spent five minutes like, um, you know, checking my email or scrolling Instagram, or I, um, you know, couldn't find the kids shoes and I spent time doing this, um, and write it all down for two days, because then I think you will get a really good glimpse of how you're spending your time so that you then know where you want to start with crafting this routine block, because you're going to find one that there are definitely ways you can streamline and batch. Like I said, with the laundry, I was starting the load of laundry every morning. Start, and that was such a waste of my time if I just did it once a week. Um, so you go through and you create your baseline. And then once you have your baseline, you make a plan for a stacked goal and a stacked block and a stacked routine. So you take these like, say four things, because there's four weeks in a month. So we'll do kind of like easy math here. So you've got four things like I gave you in my, in my morning routine example. And you decide, I want to do all four of these things. This would be like the perfect morning for me if it could happen. Instead of saying, great, we're going to start this guys and we're going to do it right away. And having everyone be like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're going to do it slow and steady so that it actually becomes a lifestyle and it actually becomes a routine and not just something else you're trying to get your family to do. And I've used this system with everything from decreasing the amount of TV my kids watch to I'm, I'm actually doing it now. I was sharing on my stories the amount of snacks I buy in my home. Like I've used this exact scaffolding. Um, I don't know if it's like my brain thinks like a special education teacher. So I feel like everything I do is like benchmarks and IEP goals. But it's, it's exactly <laughs> like seriously, I'm giving myself a progress report. I'm like, well, this is how I would have done it with school. But it's a best practice, right? So you take your four weeks, you've got your end goal, and you say, okay, week one, I'm only going to focus on the one thing that I want to focus on. Say it's my Bible reading and my prayer, okay? So I'm going to focus on that one piece. You, I'm data nerd, so I'm like, all right, track it. We call it track and stack, where you like track it, you see your percentage, and you decide if you're going to add something to it. So week one went great. And the reason this works is because instead of focusing on all of it, you just focus on the one and you applaud yourself for showing up. Because so often as moms, we've hit so many confidence. Um, our confidence has taken so many hits because we, we haven't shown up for ourselves. And this is a new muscle that you have to grow. Well, now what happens when you're in week one and you're like, oh, I did my Bible and my prayer. Like, woohoo. You know, I did the first thing on my list. You start to get the itch and you're like, well, because I know my vision, because I know where I want to go. 
I might just wipe off the counter or put away breakfast, but there's no pressure. There's no pressure to show up perfectly. It's just you wanting to do that. And this starts to just naturally happen with all the women I work with. Like, they're all like, you know, I started to do more, but it wasn't in my plan. Is that okay? Like, heck yeah, it is. Just do it. Like you will motivate yourself, you know? And so then week two comes. Now you're doing your Bible and your prayer and you're adding in your workout and your shower track and stack, right? And you do it until you get there. And I'm doing this right now with my kids' chores in the morning because they weren't doing anything really at all. And I was getting so annoyed. So I even took that piece of it and I broke it down further. Like it is is like even smaller of a stack. And so for kids' chores, I was like, well, what do I want them to do? I want them to make their bed. I want them to put their breakfast dishes away. I want them to brush their teeth. um, And I want them to get dressed like without complaining. So like those are the things I want them to do in the morning. So I, we have like a little Melissa and Doug like chore chart, but you can make your own. And I sent with my three-year-old. He doesn't understand. He's just like a tornado. I don't know what he's doing. But my four, almost five-year-old, she's like all about this right now. I can so relate yeah. to that. Oh my God. He's just literally a tornado. So I, I just, though this morning he really wanted his magnet. So he put his um, like plate in the sink and it was like the best thing ever because he doesn't care normally. But my five-year-old, she's like ready for it. She's like all in. So I went through, I said, these are the four things I'd like to do in the morning. Which ones do you want to focus on this week? And so she picked the one she wanted. And now not only is it letting her get better at it, and I'll tell you, this is technically week two, but she wanted to do a third thing. So she picked it on her own, but it allows me as mom to build routines without being overwhelmed because I want to, I have these great plans for all these routines I want for my kids, but I can't remember to keep up with every chore chart. Like I'm like, I don't remember what we're doing right now. I don't want to do a million chores at the same time, but it allows me to be like, great, I'm going to hold you accountable for this. And now it's week two. So I only have to remember two things instead of trying to remember all the things you're doing. And again, it brings it back to you're creating routines that will stick no matter if it's Saturday, Sunday, like my kids will still know, like they'll do it on vacation type of routines. Or when you've got two weeks and people are sick and you have to jump back in, you don't have to start from scratch because you've got a foundation. So I think a lot of it, I know I talked um, for a while on here, but a lot of it starts with like the goal plan then moves into using the time blocks to create a plan for achieving them and then using the habit stacking method to do it where it sticks and you're not overwhelmed and you don't quit and you see progress because that's more important than showing up perfectly. And I feel like the um just as you were talking with your kids, I I love that because I do that I right now everything's ish show in my home right now because we're just like we told when we got our uh our foster son on Friday and the homeschooling and whatever for whatever reason I just got totally thrown off like I am we are completely out of routine right now and it's like stressing me out also ran out of my favorite coffee creamer so I haven't had caffeine in like 36 hours so um anyways so but one of the one of the um the hardest parts I think that I could almost speak for every single mom is the mental load of not only do I need to figure out what the heck I need to be doing, but then I also need to make sure that you're cleaning your room and your teeth have been brushed and you have your soccer, you know, your shin guards for soccer tonight and you have, and it's just all of these freaking things. And so I love what you're talking about where you're like, okay, well, when I'm doing this, this is what you guys are going to be doing because it is starting to take some of that like mental load off of you when you are creating habits for your children. And a habit takes what, how long? It's what, 21 days, 30 days, whatever people throw that number around. But the good news is, is that it's, I'm assuming, uh, I mean, you're breaking it down so that it's simple, but you know, it's hard to like, you have to remind them like, Hey, we're putting our dishes in the sink today. We're putting our dishes in the sink today, but you don't have to do that 
for the rest of your life, you have to do it until it becomes a habit for them, which is, you know, 20 days or whatever the heck it is, a month, you know? And so I just feel like what you're doing is not only kind of freeing us energy-wise, decision fatigue-wise, but then also that mental load starts to give responsibility to our children, which it should be. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we need to be doing that. Yeah. And and it takes a while to teach things. Like I will have to remind my three-year-old almost every day to put his plate away for a long time. But uh, like I said today, he was like, I'm going to put my plate away and not throw it at you. I was like, all right, we got to win, right? Like it's not (laughs) always perfect, but it sets them up to be like successful adults (laughs) eventually. Um, And kids thrive off of routine and they love, kids do like responsibility, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. and you have to give it to them. But I think for me, where we were struggling in my home the past month is that I was so overloaded that I didn't even want to take the time to teach anyone anything. I was like, it's just easier if I do it myself. I don't feel like it. And I, and I noticed the past two weeks doing this like very focused intentional system with my kids. Um, one, I'm a lot happier. Our, we've had three good mornings in a row, which has not happened in a really long time where like nobody's yelling or I'm not yelling or anything like that. And we actually get out the house and they're doing things, but in it, um, I just, I do feel like more confident in myself as a mom because I felt like I was, um, again, intentionality and grace. Like I felt like I was just throwing my hands up in the air and like, whatever, we'll figure it out later. And we have seasons for that. Right. But the more you can be intentional, like, Hey, we're going to give this a try. But like I said, I'm potty training. We literally walked out the house last week and got to the car and my kid peed all over the driveway. Right. Like we had to turn around and go back in. Things will happen. But if you know, you have that firm, like foundation set that you can be flexible again with time blocks, like Again, I'm not saying that at 8.05 every single day, we're going to start morning chores. I'm just saying it's got to get done before we leave. So, And, it, and that gives them freedom. Like I said to my daughter, listen, these are your morning chores. Um, or your, what do you call it? We call it morning routine. And I was like, well, here's your morning routine that you need to get done before we go. What do you want to do first? Or other questions could be like, do you want to do it before you eat breakfast or after you eat breakfast? Give them choice and autonomy in it. Let them have some ownership. And that helps them be more independent. I love that. I love everything about that. I need – I like I said, I, I'm kind of the same way where I will just be like, oh, my gosh, you know what? You guys just go play and I'm going to you know, freaking do everything. But that's just – it's not sustainable, especially when you have a big family. And so I wonder, do you ever do um, like with the time blocking when you're like the mommy home time, when you're kind of cleaning some and being a mom? Like I feel like that would be a perfect time also to teach your kids some just home skills, cleaning skills. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, my eight-year-old – let me show you how to unload the dishwasher or load it and we'll do it together because I'm doing it technically right now. Um, and so, you know, that way, once maybe that becomes part of your morning routine, you already know how to do it. Cause I've taught you. Cause a lot of times I feel like even with a three-year-old putting a daggone plate in the sink, you know, like we just think, well, you know how to freaking put a plate in the sink, but not always because they get distracted and they, you know, whatever. So it does take a lot of us teaching like, okay, pick it up, walk over here, put it in the thing or whatever, you know? Um, and so. So yeah, I feel like, do you ever just put a time block in or add in like teaching them different skills around the house? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. How many times have we gotten frustrated because we said to our kids like, go clean your room, but like you don't actually teach what that means, right? And I think um, we just assume it. It's that curse of knowledge. You know every step. And you know, I love the like, I do, we do, you do for this as well. It takes time to like, I remember the first time I taught my 13 year old, he was like 11 when he started doing his own laundry and I showed him how to do it. And I thought he had the hang of it. And so he started doing it for like a month by himself. 
And then I remember one week I was out, I knew I was out of laundry detergent and I came and I saw he had put his laundry in the dryer and I was like, what happened here? I th- where'd you get detergent? And he's like, oh, I just, I just hit start. So he like, hadn't been putting detergent in the washer oh, no. like washing <laughs> with water. And I was like, oh, okay, we got to back up. So that's like, we need to remember, like they do need that time. But yeah, I do recommend that you could put in one of those blocks where you teach them. And again, it's not about teaching them everything. It's saying like, what makes the most sense right now in in this season? If it is that like we get the playroom picked up because that's where we're doing homeschooling, well, then maybe in October, the focus is teaching them like how to pick up the playroom appropriately. And that can even go back into like, well, do you have it set up in an easy way? Like if you tell your kid, go put the stuffed animals away, but there's not like a bin for stuffed animals, how are they going to know where to put it away? You know, so like that goes back into all that. So yeah, you could put in there like Saturdays is like mommy cleaning block. And then you could, I there, I'd make a card in Trello, which you could put in your planner that says like, we're going to focus on like teaching them how to like my daughter will like dust, like teaching them how to do those things so that they can get there. So I recommend if that's something important to you. And then you look at the big plan, right? If you do this for 12 weeks, you can say by the end of the 12 weeks, I want like the kids to know how to clean the playroom. Like I want them to know what that actually means and what they do, not what I do in the playroom, like, you know, but the things they have to do. So then you backwards plan it and you say, if in order for me to consider the playroom cleaned by my kids, then they would have to like put all the toys away and take any of the random clothes that are on the floor and put them in the laundry machine and put any trash in the trash and put any dishes away. Like those are the things. And then maybe I dust and sweep or vacuum, right? So maybe that's what it looks like. So you could say, all right, week one on Saturdays when it's cleaning time, I'm just going to show you what I mean when I say put the toys away. And look, here are the bins for all the toys. Let's practice together. And then week two, you still help them with that piece, but maybe release the reins a bit and you add in showing them what throwing the trash looks out. So then in you scaffold. And then by the end of the month, you've spent that time really teaching them what it means. Will you have to continue to teach them? Mm-hmm. Yep, sure. But you've spent the time in the foundation and you've made a plan for it so that you're all of a sudden like, great, this was a great episode. Now I'm going to have my kids clean the playroom. And they're going to be like, mom, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay. Um, so you have, to, right. you have to teach it in um, a really strategic way. But I'm telling you, doing that will create like the habit of it. And instead of the frustration of why aren't you doing it the way I want you to do it. Right. And I um, two episodes ago on this podcast, you guys, there uh, I interviewed Rachel Bailey. Do you know Rachel Bailey? No. Okay. She's an amazing, amazing um, parenting expert. And she taught, we talked about, uh, I was having an issue with my three-year-old where I'm like, hey, go clean up this room. And it's totally appropriate. There's five toys on the ground. You know what I mean? And I'd come back in, he's playing with the toy. I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. and you just freaking pick up the daggone toy. Um, anyways, we talked through this and how if you're getting, you know, just in general people, um, if we're getting really frustrated with our three-year-old who we told to go clean a room, we know that they know how to put five toys in a basket, but they're getting distracted or, you know, whatever. Um, if you're getting frustrated, actually that behavior where they're getting distracted is totally neurotypical behavior for a three-year-old. And so instead of being like and the whole, the whole episode is about discipline versus punishment and, um, and you know, about redirecting them and how to get them to do what we want. Um, because we all want them to like, listen, like, Hey, we got to go to soccer practice, but you need to clean this room. Anyways, she talks a lot about how to, uh, appropriately do this so that we're not just yelling at our three-year-old all the time. Like, oh my gosh, you know how to freaking put those toys away. Can you just do it? We have to leave. Yeah. Oh, That's like that. my I default right now. <laughs> a lot of times. So if you're feeling that, 
two episodes ago, like I said, she talks through all of this, um, like uh, from a parenting perspective, like a brain perspective from our kids, um, what's appropriate, what to expect, whatever else. So, um, so no, I absolutely love that. So, all right. I feel like I could talk to you, Kara, for another 14 million hours, <laughs> but is there, is there anything, um, anything else that you just feel like has really, really helped you um, again, like save your energy, anything that I know we talked about some time blocking, batching, uh, your routines, any last minute kind of advice or I don't know, anything that's really helped you. Um, I just want to encourage moms that are listening right now. Like there's a lot going on and you're doing a great job. So if you're feeling overwhelmed with it all, I recommend like going through and doing a big brain dump, split your paper into some columns of all the rules you have and get it out on paper. So then you can figure out what your priority is how you can delegate, where you want to ask for help, and what you can just put aside um, for this busy season because we don't have to be doing it all at the same time. Absolutely. And I know, um, Carrie, you do a ton of workshops. Maybe not a ton, but I know you do workshops. And um, I've, I've been in one of your workshops. They're very like step-by-step. Um, yours just with the business and um, planning all of that and time blocking, getting all that stuff done was super, super helpful to me. So um, for whoever is listening – if they want to um, follow you either on social media um, or whatever, can you just tell us like where can people find you? Um, did you say you have some like courses and stuff out? Whatever. Can you just tell us how we can yeah, stay in touch sure. with you? Come hang out. Instagram is my favorite. I'm over at a purpose driven mom. Send me a DM. Let me know you listened. Um, you can also hang out with me on the podcast, which is called the purpose driven mom show. Uh, and if you are interested in learning more about how to break your goals down, I would definitely recommend I have a free workshop. It's over at a purpose driven mom.com slash goals webinar. And I will show you the three big steps you need to breaking your goals down and ditch the overwhelm. That's amazing. All right, Kara. Well, thank you so much for just taking the time out and coming on the podcast and just teaching us all because again, like saving our time, energy, mental load, all of that stuff by just making our routines and whatever flow just a little bit freaking better. <laughs> I think we all need. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This was a fun combo. All right, you guys. So who is motivated to time block things and batch? Like I always feel like I get so excited when I talk about these things because I realize that it's the answer. But for whatever reason, I just, I don't know. I, I struggle to find the time or I struggle and I get distracted. I actually took a workshop from Kara about a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago at the time of this recording, about just getting organized for all things in business on a platform called Trello. And I just remember being so in awe of her like meticulous planning and the fact that she has planned out a full quarter ahead in her business. I'm like a week on a good day, right? And I can't remember how long she said that she works on planning, but it was a significant amount of time. But if you think about it, once you plan something, and here's here's my struggle, side note. I feel like it's it's one thing to sit down and plan something on paper because it looks good on paper, right? But if you're anything like me, three on the Enneagram here, we can put things on paper that look good, but we don't account for like the amount of energy we are going to have. Like we, I will put from like 6 a.m., like I'm going to get up at 5 a.m., make my coffee, do all of these things. I'm going to bed at midnight and I'm going to plan all these things in between. But I forget that I'm going to be freaking tired if I legitimately do that. And I forget that I cannot do that for three months straight, 
right? Like it's fun for me to plan and sit down and plan, but you have to be realistic. And it's funny because um, I, I coach this with, with uh, clients that I have for my one-on-one uh, budget coaching. A lot of people will sit down and they will create a budget that looks good, but it's not realistic. And that is why so often people will sit down and then they just t- ditch it. It's like New Year's resolutions, right? You get excited, you make a plan, you're motivated, all the things, um, and then you don't follow through. Same thing with this. I think that planning seems very simple. Planning seems like, oh, I can just sit down and like plug things in. Well, actually, it's a skill, just as exactly how Kara was saying uh, in this episode. Like, it is actually a skill, and you actually have to be very cognizant of the fact that you have to figure out your energy. Like, is it a day that you have 14 practices to run all around? Like, is your uh, partner, like, are they working all day? Are you working all day? Are you closing the night before? Like, what is your energy going to look like? Um, you know, like whatever. So that is something that we really have to take into account when we are working on our planning, right? Anyone else like me where they just put all the things in and just forget that I actually like that energy is limited. (laughs) Anyways, it reminds me of a quote that says, I think it was from Abraham Lincoln, um, like give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening my ax, right? Like living in reaction mode, like so many of us do is exhausting, and the, you know, decision fatigue is real. And it's fine for a season, you know, especially like if you have newborns or whatever it is, like living in reaction mode, there are seasons for that. But you know that you need a reboot if you feel like you are just spinning your wheels every freaking day without making much progress on any front. Or, you know, if the way that you're spending your time maybe doesn't align with your values, i.e. you're working on 100 hours of laundry and dishes, but only 10 minutes with your kids right? Cue the mom guilt. But we want to be productive. We want to like show up in different areas and try to handle all the things. But we need to reboot. We might need to sit down and batch. We might need to sit down and plan. We might need to figure out what we can do, right? So yes, again, we have to get these things done. We can't live in a disgusting house, but there is a balance, right? And batching and time blocking can help just alleviate that overwhelmed feeling and save some of that precious brain space. Yes, please. Okay. Also, guys, make sure to check the show notes. Kara gave you guys a free weekly checklist from her just to kind of get your feet wet with this whole batching and time blocking thing. So thank you so much, Kara. And y'all join me next week as we kick off Legacy Through Motherhood Marriage Week. I will be talking about divorce and why actually it is an option for literally everyone, regardless of what people tell themselves. And that seems like a heavy topic, um, but this will be a motivating episode because it's been on my heart recently and I just wanted to share. And this is kind of piggybacking off of my, I kind of mentioned this in my boundaries episodes, two episodes back, but we're just gonna, we're gonna run with it, okay? All right, guys, I am so excited to continue walking this journey with you to help you find your grit while completely covering you in grace.